It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. This will be the most heavily debated episode in horror movie night history is my prediction because I think that we have another exciting edition of the Kellys versus Roger. As, <laughs> two uh, on one. Two on one. House of a Thousand Corpses. Is it good? Is it bad? Brian's firmly in good. I think Scott's firmly in bad. And I am nostalgia glasses in the middle. So let us begin the great battle. <laughs> wait, wait. We have to do the thing where we just... Laugh like baby for the entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) She's basically just female salacious B. Crumb. Uh, (laughs) All right. So I have very little notes about this movie, mostly because I know this movie like the back of my hand. This was probably like the 150th time that I've watched this film. Wow. I have watched this movie so much. I saw this in theaters three times, Scott. Why? Three times. You know, I knew that you had bad taste in movies, but that is just mind-boggling. I th- there's only a handful of movies that I saw multiple times in theaters, and none of them are very good. Like yeah, it was this the word that you were looking for. It, it was like this Napoleon Dynamite, Waterboy. Like those were the the multiple theater trips films in my life, and then like Star Wars: Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, that's I've the more egregious. <laughs> yeah, well, because that one, here's the thing. Here's my defense for Star Wars Phantom Menace. Uh, and say what you will, I think a lot of us went through this when Star Wars Phantom Menace came out, which was like, it couldn't have been as bad as I think it was. I must have missed something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or you'd be like, no, it's great. The pod race is really cool. Like, <laughs> I, Were I you was seven? Really, uh, I was definitely in junior high. Um, I was really trying to justify, because I'd never gotten to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. I was so excited to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. And then it wasn't that good. And I couldn't accept that a Star Wars movie wasn't good. So, like, I was like, no, I'm definitely missing something. I'm going to go see Star Wars again. That's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I I understand the whole um, Star Wars Christmas special was, like, <laughs> a 
like an underground thing for a very long time until the internet was huge. But we owned the Ewok adventure on VHS. So I don't yeah. understand how you went to the movies thinking there's there not a bad be, yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Well, because Battle of Endor was really good. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, Brian, is that the Ewok adventure is like a fever dream to me. Like, I, I am obviously a very big original trilogy fan. Um, and I think that we rented Ewok adventure once. That's how bad it was for like. Young I me. loved it. I loved it as a kid. I really did. My, 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 my taste in shit as a kid was trash. Yeah. Uh, hey, anyway, here's Brian defending House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which ironically you... picked by Scott. <laughs> no, I picked this specifically for this discussion. And yeah. I was like, okay, so, so Wizard Behind the Curtain, I had suggested we do, um, I picked this and then I watched it and I was like, hey, God, or I started watching it and I messaged you guys. I'm like, hey, um, this is a Halloween movie. Should I pause this viewing and we do all Rob Zombie October next year? And Matt was like, Scott, I don't want to hate my favorite month of the year. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Rob Zombie is the greatest thing that ever happened to horror directing at all. But I remember when this movie came out, I fucking loved it. I was so excited. I, I, and like a lot of the things that I loved in high school – I don't like as much, but I think that the nostalgia for it all, I still really enjoy it. And I do think that this is the most interesting Rob Zombie to me because it's um, now everything that he does is kind of a cliche and it's like he just keeps repeating himself. But like, I do appreciate that this was just a dude who had made a bunch of music videos trying to make a movie, and he basically just made a bunch of music videos that ended up yeah, being a movie. Exactly, and that's <laughs> and that's what I that's what I like love about it. That's that's what I really enjoy. It's not blown away, and like, you know, it's literally a an easy filter that I just drag on Final Cut Pro. But like, there's like things where it's like the negative. You know what I mean? Like the the negative shots and things like that. Like it just like, there's certain times in the movie where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm watching the Dragula music video. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. But, I, but I enjoy for it. a long period of time. My two favorite music videos were more human than human and loser by Beck and house of a thousand corpses is nothing but a 90 minute version of loser by Beck and more human than humans. Yeah. So, pretty much. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I will say that this movie kicks off. I am in love with the opening still. The the old grainy TV thing and the, the Dr. Fangular or whatever yeah. his name is. Like, Dr. Satan! The, and then the commercial for the chicken to introduce Captain Spaulding. Like, I love just the television opening and then it flips off and we go into this really insanely unnecessary sequence in which Captain Spaulding is talking to one of the kids from American Gothic. <laughs> and he's talking about shoving a, a Dr. Zayas doll up a, an ass. And it's it's weird. It's a weird scene. It's a robbery gone wrong. And, you know, there's a couple editing moments in that where I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, the, the multiple takes of the dude turning his head and stuff. I'm like, okay, I could do without some of this. But I like it. I just like it. It's fast. There's not a slow point in this movie. It's no. it's an hour no. and 20 minutes and it just gets running. Like. I love I love the the intro theme song, you know. I, I just do. This movie has actually I would say my two favorite Rob Zombie songs in it cuz I do love the House of a Thousand Corpses song and I love Pussy Liquor. I think Pussy Liquor might be my favorite <laughs> Rob Zombie song. 
Um, so the one it, thing I, I did grow out of with this movie was because I, you know, I love the soundtrack from when I was younger and I loved Run Run Rabbit, which is like such an average song. That's probably that's probably all I could say negative about this movie. Like, is that Run Run Rabbit doesn't hit the, the peaks that you want it to? It doesn't. It doesn't hit it. Everything else that... flawless. Run Run Rabbit. <laughs> and we're gonna keep this simple. So it's uh, Captain Spaulding is talking to the guy about Doctor Zayas. He's played by Sig Haid, who is in um, Jackie Brown with Michael Keaton, who's Beetlejuice. Quick, it's a quick Beetlejuice one. We'll get it. That's easy. Wow, nice. Yeah. But I will say this, it's it's tough for me to debate this movie because if Scott was to go into this movie and be like, this sucks, I don't want to watch this, but I'm going to watch it anyway, I'm like more confident in fighting him. But he genuinely like messaged me when it was an idea and he was like, you know, pretty much like, I'm going to give this a second shot. I hope it's a good movie. And he doesn't think so. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's the thing. You got no, give me a little credit here. So it's not that I don't think it's a good movie. It's just that I don't really it's like um it has no caloric value. No. It it's got nothing it brings nothing to the table. And also the the it's it's the most egregious thing about this film is that um it's less it's like uh, how do I even say it? I feel like it's less interesting now that I've seen other Rob Zombie films because he's done the same thing so many times that I'm like, oh, oh, this. I mean, like, it doesn't hit for me because it's it. when I first saw it, when it first came out, I thought that it was so bombastic. And now I'm just like, okay, you know, I I don't need like I was I was so stoked for the Dr. Satan. um, uh scene at the end you know when it's like okay he's really like i i remember that being the best part of the movie is when See, that's my least favorite part of the movie probably really i think the i think the last 10 minutes just makes so little sense but that's what i liked about them originally and i was expecting them to be still fun and they're not they're just it's just like boring now yeah i never like see i like this is probably not what you're supposed to like in this movie but like (laughs) I like the comedy in the movie. I think the comedy is the, the strongest point in this movie. And it's not even necessarily like good comedy, but it's like stupid stuff like, how about you help me, Goober? Oh, actually, my name's Gary, like G- Gary Uber. <laughs> it says G Uber here, but somebody in the back row next to oh, because they're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like, bring an asshole. Like that stuff <laughs> I love or like Otis's speech where he's screaming about. You ever work a real job and I'm not talking no white socks with Mickey Mouse on one side and Donald Duck on the other. Like he does such a good job of channeling the insane Charles Manson ramblings that it's yeah. almost comedic. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So here are a couple things that I want to say positive about the movie. Just overall, Sherry Moon Zombie looks great. She was 33 yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and actually I looked it up and she and Rob only got married the year before. And that's cool. Um, yeah. Also, Bill Mosley is very charming in this. Like, <laughs> as, as charming as like you know a, a psychotic serial killer could be, but um, definitely doing a lot of the fun shit that I liked about um, Chop Chainsaw Top. Massacre Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like also, I had never seen Chainsaw Massacre Two when I saw House of a Thousand Corpses. So uh, Matt remembers. That when I finally watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, 
um, a couple years back, I was like not loving it. And then I watched it again for the show and I love it. So ah, it's so hard to go back and watch something that owes its entire existence to TCM2. It owns like shots. Like the catacombs yeah. at the end of this movie oh, yeah, feel straight, straight out of TCM2. Yeah. Yeah, and that that it, it doesn't do it any favors. That's the that's what's so hard for me is that like I don't hate this film. I just wish that it made me feel more. Like I it felt I felt more for it back in 2003 when it came out. See, and I think that I feel more for this movie now that I've seen a bunch of Rob Zombie's other movies because while I think that he's gotten a little bit better with his directing and he's gotten a little bit less like editing effects after effects. Oh my but God. Like, the effects in this are so dumb half the time. But, I mean like the, but the like, effects. yeah, but like this movie, I feel like gun to my head. If I had to pop in a Rob zombie movie, it would be this one time and time again, because it it's the fastest one. It's got the most like frantic energy to it. And it does feel like, for better or for worse, it feels like a horror movie version of something like Clerks, where it's just like, there's nothing to lose. We're just going to throw everything on the screen. And if it's a success, it's a success. And if it's a failure, it's a failure. But we're just going to go for it. And I kind Matt, of am trying by that. I, You know, I get it. But if we're talking about horror movies that are like Clerks, we just talked about one a couple weeks ago. Which one was that? Serial and St. Cloud Killer. <laughs> oh, God. That's true. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, jeez. Uh, so How? Because I, I, and here's the thing. Yeah, we recorded it, like, whatever. I just listened to that episode, like, two days ago. And, <laughs> and I, still I forgot about I, it. I laughed at us and then just buried the thought of the movie. <laughs> um, so I will say, as I'm talking about the comedy What's ironic is that the two comedians that were casted in this movie have no funny no lines funny whatsoever. Lines, yeah. <laughs> Chris no. Hardwick has a possibly has a he's a it's fat Chris Hardwick. This was drinking Chris Hardwick days, and <laughs> he has this one line that I had to write down and then followed it with just what in all caps, where he goes, "How'd you like to find that in your pants?" When they're talking yeah. about Crocodile Boy, and I'm like, I don't understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <Do you> think- <laughs> Do you think Chris Hardwick was confused about the horror in this movie? He's like, okay, so you have the women chained up in their bed, but I mean, where where's the horror part? What is- <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I will say other thing that I love in this movie, and it shouldn't be a shock to anyone based on the types of movies that I like, Murder Ride, baby. Love the Murder Dude, Ride. I See? would love to do it. So I got so fucking angry at jade yesterday um because chris uh wnuf um yeah chris lamar on instagram he posted he was like hey i'm really excited i got to go to this place because it closed down forever next week it's called the gettysburg dime museum yeah i saw like that post an elephant man and then i clicked the hashtag and it had like giant wayne gacy and i was like looking at their i was looking at their things and i was like you realize this museum is a Brian Kelly wet dream. And we spent a week with your parents and we didn't go. And now we can never go. I was so upset. That's not her fault. <laughs> we really she didn't have any time. <laughs> she knew it was there. She kept a secret. <laughs> I think she was like more sake for like her parents approving me spending the rest of their life with their daughter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, Brian wants to go to the Gettysburg Dime Museum. 
sorry, mom, dad, I know you really want to take us out to dinner, but Brian wants to stare at the serial killers that he idolizes, yeah. as, as said on the most recent episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or what do you say? He goes, oh, advocate. I'm a serial killer. Yeah, I'm I'm a serial- serial- <laughs> Dude, I am the king of just not understanding you words. Just, I just imagine and- you kicking in the door at... <laughs> At like a trial, you're like, listen, as an advocate of serial killers, <laughs> I must say this guy's pretty dope. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I hear you guys say these fancy words, and I don't know fancy words, and I try to fit in, and then I like try to backpedal, you know. Um. So there's a scene they pick up. Share. We're not even really. I mean, you guys have seen this. Anybody listening has seen this fucking movie. So they're driving. They blow a tire. They also pick up a hitchhiker. That hitchhiker Jackson happens Shane's to be. Masker. Yeah, the the hitchhiker <laughs> happens to be Sharon Moon Zombie. And there's a scene where she turns on the radio and she starts dancing. And based on how she's dancing and the music that's playing, I know without a doubt in my mind. That she had no clue what music was going to be coming yeah, out of her yeah. when they filmed that scene. Yeah, she is just like she looks like she's stoned, like at a rave, and it's just like generic metal playing yeah. out of the radio. But why would there be generic metal when it's supposed to be 1978 or something like that? I mean, Queen got pretty heavy every once in a while. Oh my god, it's <laughs> true. Stone Cold Crazy—that's all about serial killers. <laughs> so. <laughs> Then they get to the house, and the house is basically the the house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. Uh, and you know, it's it's an interesting scene. But then we meet Grandpa, and Grandpa's fucking great. Dude, and Grandpa's go- stand up's great. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say we get to Showtime, which has some of my other favorite parts. It's great because it's so not great. But Chris Hardwick <laughs> can't keep his fucking composure. That, watching that's. <laughs> I think if you had to ask me my favorite part in this whole movie, it's watching Chris Hardwick's <laughs> over the top laughter to basically Grandpa doing like a parody of blue comedy in the sixties, where it's yeah. just like screaming the most disgusting, offensive thing <laughs> just to get a reaction, and then doing some Sam Kinison yells. Yeah. It was, dude. Here's the thing, man. Like, I can't. It's one of those things where you guys are really good at bringing me down to reality and saying like, "It's oh, not great," fuck. but like, it can't happen with it. Like, two, <laughs> oh, two okay, years so ago, not today. Yeah, not today, man. Like two years ago <laughs> on my birthday, I was alone. Um, <laughs> no one was around. Masturbating. And <laughs> no, you you've been to my old house. Like I used to have a yeah, giant screen I TV. Say, like, You've seen me masturbate. Yeah, yeah, you you understand. Part. It's you one. Yeah. It's two hands, but one's grabbing air, you know, but I like <laughs> to pretend. Um, but no, it just like a big screen TV with this, not surround sound, but the sound bar was so heavy that it was like surround sound and just sitting there lights out middle of the night, just blasting house of a thousand corpses was like fucking incredible. I just love this movie. Every time it's a ride. It, I get nervous now because everyone keeps telling me it's not that good. And like, if someone hasn't seen it, I sit them down and prep them for like the greatest horror movie they've ever seen. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about this movie. I really do. I love it. And I think it's, I think it has to do with the, the age. You know what I mean? Like I was 13 when this movie came out. Like that was when I was really like falling in love with horror. And this was just like, wow, Wait. this is a decent horror movie. How I mean, old this, were you when this came out? 13. 
Okay, I thought you said 18. I'm like, that can't be true. I was in high school. No, no. <laughs> okay. 13. This this movie follows, like, the year of the ring and fucking um, that other movie that... The, the Grudge. Grudge. And, like, yeah. the Resident Evil franchises being, like, Disney's Marvel, where they're, like, coming out every six months. So, dude, this was it. Like, this was my answer. I loved it. I love the the DVD with the the special features of just tiny fuck the stump thirteen year old me. That was hilarious. <laughs> Did you ever see those, Scott? I have, but it's been so <laughs> long, man. It's just it's so dumb as an adult. Like it's just them saying tiny fuck the stump with just random things. Like that's just the punchline for everything. Yeah, it's like the aristocrats. <laughs> but, yeah. But my favorite one is that they do because we used to watch just that segment at parties all the time. My favorite one is that they it's like three minutes of them doing like knock knock who's there, tiny fuck to stop. And it's all knock knock jokes over and over again. But then they get to one and it's like knock knock who's there, stump, stump who. Fuck me, tiny, please. Why haven't you fucked me? It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then like, I don't know. Then there's some moments that I could cut, like fish boy. I don't need fish boy in I my love life. Fish boy, come on. Fish boy's good. <laughs> I, think- I do I do love Rob Zombie's horrendous cover of Play That Funky Music, White Boy. He's done some good covers of 70s songs. This one is not one of them. No, I, I, I enjoy his live version, though, of We're an American Band. That's yeah, not a no, bad cover. I like his version of that. I like his version of I'm Your Boogeyman. You know what is a great cover? <laughs> is uh, And it's not Rob Zombie. Who covers, is it Red Hot Chili Peppers that covers Roller Coaster for BBC? Yeah, Roller Coaster, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great cover. <laughs> Completely irrelevant <laughs> to this episode. I'm going to listen to that when we're done recording. <laughs> my favorite my favorite part about that cover is when it appears in Beavis and Butthead's uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America. Like, it's they walk into a casino and a band's playing it, but, like, it's just drawn to look like a regular Motown group performing it. So it, it doesn't match at all. <laughs> it's this grungy version of a Motown song. We can't dissect the faults of that movie. It's great, but I'm saying, like, the plot holes in that movie, we can't dissect those. I don't know if I've ever laughed at a cartoon as hard as the, like, first two minutes of that movie where Butthead just keeps looking at the space where the TV's gone, the dragging of the carpet, and then the broken window, and just keeps going, uh... <laughs> like, like, he's really struggling to piece together what happened to the television. It fucking kills me every time. So, Scott, have you ever seen Why Buster Pointer? Why are we still Pointer? talking about Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> because we've said all that they can be said about House of a Thousand Corpses. All right, anyway, back to House of a Thousand Corpses. Other scene I could do without, the skunk ape scene, because what the fuck is that scene? That, that scene ape? doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's where um, Bigfoot rapes his wife. Like, yeah. or it's just the guy telling the story in her dream about Bigfoot raping his wife, and it's an all-negative filter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and then Doctor Satan bursts out of a grave, and it's, it's Doctor Satan. Doctor Satan. That's it's, what everyone remembers from this movie. I, I mean, I, I remember it because I wrote a note to remind well, myself. I remember it because it was in the. Tra- it was like how the trailer kicked <laughs> off was that Doctor Satan scream. Um, so I'm, I'm down with that. So I will say the thing that's interesting about this movie is a lot of the um, the footage of like. Bill Mosley or Sherry Moon Zombie just like talking to the camera in like the sepia tone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was not originally going to be in the movie. What had happened was Rob Zombie had shot the movie. He had given it to the studio that was going to put it out and they didn't want to put it out. And like, he became really good friends with Bill Mosley and Bill Mosley would come to him in Sherry Moon's house. And in boredom, they would just go down into his basement and film these random things. Oh, okay. Yeah. And as the movie became less and less valuable (laughs) to the studio, Rob Zombie was able to eventually just buy the movie back and then he just inserted bits and pieces of what they had filmed in their own boredom into the movie to kind of like give it a more bizarre editing pace for mm-hmm. when he was like able to sell it to a studio that would actually put it in theaters. So like this came out in 2003, two, mm-hmm. yeah, 2003. I think it had been done since like 2000 or 2001 and was just sitting oh. on a shelf collecting dust. So he and Sherry Moon weren't married when they made that. I don't think so. I think he met her on the set. They started dating and then, yeah, they were no married by way. the time it came out. There's no way because she's Living Dead Girl. When did that song come out? Uh, like 99, 2000. So yeah, probably so she when was... they were filming. Oh, yeah. They didn't get married until 2003, though. Or yeah, she was in that video. She was, she was, I know she was in that music video. So maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Sherry Who... Moon, let us know. Tell us your story. Send us, shoot us an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it looks like Sherry Moon Zombie had aspirations to do cartoon voiceovers and even took classes for it uh, and intended the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in hopes of becoming an MTV VJ, but found herself preoccupied while going on tour with the band White Zombie. Uh, When White Zombie disbanded and Rob Zombie went solo, he took Moon on as a dancer where she choreographed dance routines and created costumes for the tour and appeared in 11 of the music videos. Uh, and was on the cover of the remix album American Made Music to Strip By. So they've been like, they've known each other since White Zombie was still a band. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. So, so good for them. Yeah. I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> Rob, Sherry, just give us a call. We'll all hang out one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll watch I mean, all your movies. I, I've said this before, and I think even Scott is, but like, you give me an opportunity to actually just like sit and hang out with Rob Zombie, I'd take it. He seems like a really cool dude to chat with. Really, really cool dude. Yeah, I mean, and, and no one, no one cares, but you know, he's vegan, so I, he already has my vote. I was gonna say you got a starting conversation there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I've talked some shit about your movies, but I like your lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib, buddy. <laughs> now we could just fix your movies. So we're talking we're talking a lot of shit on Rob Zombie's filmmaking, which But I we're mean, not really. I think that we're just but we're being not critical. really we're being critical. There is one thing that I thought was brilliant when I was seventeen and at thirty-three I still think is brilliant, is I love the long drawn out crane shot before the cop gets shot in the head. Yes. Um and I remember seeing it in the theater and the that scene, the seeing it opening night in a theater packed with people and the tension that builds in that theater where like you're just sitting there in silence and then suddenly like people are like, is the film broken? Like what's happening? And then like people are like, shoot him. Like it actually like turns <laughs> you into like cheering on the violence and it's so well done. It's such a well done sequence. Um that's actually pretty most interesting, the- like from a sociological perspective. That that I'm sure that he did that on purpose, but um, that, yeah, because I I feel that stress, like, God damn it, just you know, be done. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I that's why I love that scene. I think that there, I think that there's moments of brilliance in this movie, but they're just hidden in a lot of like 
ADHD editing. <laughs> yeah, but your biggest problem is not seeing the brilliance of Dr. Satan. Dr. Satan! <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I wanted to see a miner running around with a pickaxe, I'd just pop in the original Bloody Valentine. <laughs> and if you wanted to see the Dr. Satan scene done better, you can just watch Frankenstein's Army from about <laughs> 2013 or something. Or, God, I, I mean, love that movie. And this is coming out just in time for you to see the newest version of Frankenstein's Army, Overlord. Overlord. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, do we have anything else to say about House of a Thousand Corpses? I got through my eight notes. I didn't take any notes. I actually haven't even seen this movie in like two months because I didn't need to watch it. <laughs> I've um, watched this movie within the last two months. Don't need to prep for the show. Brian, yeah. Because <laughs> this is like, yeah, I'm going on hundreds. I've, I watch this movie several times a year. I love this movie. I think the only thing that could take away this movie from the later Rob Zombie movies is you don't realize when I first saw this movie, and this is my only quarrel with with Rob Zombie, really, is this great like backwoods dialogue that you think you're watching in Thousand of a Thousand Corpses. It's really all he's got in all of his <laughs> <laughs> It's not like, oh, wow, that's a very interesting dialogue you picked for this movie. It's like, I feel like if Rob Zombie made a movie about, like, the fucking mob in New York in the early 90s. They would talk like this. It's like, well, slap my ass and call me a donkey. Let's go (laughs) kill that other family. It's such a shame he didn't get to make that movie about the flyers in which all the flyers came from redneck families for unexplainable reasons. (laughs) Holy Miss Moly got myself a live one. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Ah, the smell of the video store. I love this place. Do you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would tell (laughs) us what was good or not. And Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Tempo Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. All right, so what was your guys' double feature with this movie? So, uh-uh. I picked this movie. I get first dibs. TCM2. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I I expected that that would be taken off the table very quickly. So I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's the easy one. If you're gonna be, yeah, I'm going to be, you're be a this simpleton. <laughs> you can go with that. I'm gonna go with a slightly deeper cut. I'm gonna say, you know what? I don't love this movie, but I feel like if you're a fan of House of a Thousand Corpses, you might enjoy this film as well. Obviously. Mr. Zombie is a huge Toby Hooper fan. And I think that he definitely was at least pulling a little bit of inspiration from 1977's Eaten Alive as well while putting this this movie together. So I recommend so double featuring obscure. this with Eaten Alive. That's so obscure. <laughs> like Ryan. no one's going to actually watch Eaten Alive ever. <laughs> We've gotten emails asking for it, and I've watched yeah. it, and no, we're not. But so. so, so Matt, I know those emails came from you. I did yeah. not send those emails. I promise they're still in the inbox. If you don't believe me, <laughs> they're certainly not from someone named Matt or someone yeah. named Matt using a fake name while sending an email from one of his multiple <laughs> aliases. Are you not Matt Kelly at gmail dot com? <laughs> So my double feature is a movie called Devil's Rejects. No, um, I think with my double feature, I'm going to do, like I said, I love this movie um, because I love slasher movies. And slasher movies kind of started to die. And uh, this movie really was like a great slasher movie in the midst of shitty slasher movies. And I'm going to show them another movie around the same era, give or take a few years. But I'm going to say, let's watch Hatchet. Because Hatchet is another slasher movie that I, I just absolutely love post-2000. And that would be my double feature. Just I can never fun. remember with Scott. I know that I'm pro-Hatchet, but I, I can't recall if Scott is or not. Uh, the first one's okay. Um, okay. I, I, we, when we had that plan to do... Oh yeah, um, you only wanted to watch the first one. I was like, I will only do this if we watch the if if <laughs> horror movie night gets to do the first one. And everybody's like, that's cool. And um, <laughs> we never did it, but uh, I still have those notes somewhere because I'm not rewatching it. <laughs> if we eventually get back to that, um, it's been like four years at least. <laughs> that was like the it's first not year four horror movie years. Night. No way. I think it. I think it was very early mm -hmm. in horror movie night. It was pre episode fifty for sure. I I heard good things about Victor Crowley. I've never seen it. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the second one. I think the third one is like the voodoo, like nonsense, I, and that's that's the one I like. It's not terrible. Like I it's not like all awful. three, and I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about what happens in two or three. And I've watched them multiple times, and I just cannot for life of me remember. It's, it's like the Candy Man, terrible. the Candy Man, and he's playing. Don't the, say it one more time. Oh, oh, <laughs> he's playing like the character from. Princess and the Frog. I don't know. <laughs> God, I love Princess and the Frog. All right. So, so that was Hells of a Thousand Corpses from 2003, as picked by Scott. Yeah. I know that's a shocker, but it was picked by Scott. We will be back next week with another episode of Horror Movie Night. And we've got a special guest. And we're talking about a slasher film again. And we're going to have another situation where Brian has to defend his love of a movie that other people think isn't so great. Spoiler alert, he doesn't do such a good job this time around. <laughs> I didn't really do a good job this one. <laughs> <laughs> but don't ever miss any of the exciting episodes of Horror Movie Night. Just go ahead and visit our website at hmnpodcast.com. You can send us emails at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. And also you can rate, review, and subscribe on all of the 
uh, iTunes stuff to help us get a nice little bump in the overall iTunes charts. And also Scott and all of us do a great job running social media. So visit our Twitter and our Instagram and our Facebook. Definitely the Facebook. Certainly visit the Facebook. And that is all. So we'll be back next week. Peace. What are, what are we titling this episode? House of a Thousand Corpses or Beavis and Butthead Do America? <laughs> An equal amount of time. Let's give him something to talk about. <laughs> Let's, Let's give, give him something to talk about. <laughs> Let's give him something to talk about. How about love? <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting you guys fall on your <laughs> We couldn't keep it. We couldn't keep it in sync. I wasn't sure if you were like going to change the lyrics or anything. So I'm like, all right, let me stay a beat behind. No, no. <laughs> no. Matt is the slap back e- echo of uh, <laughs> so the Were whole... you just watching the 10 recently? <laughs> no, but it's funny you said that. The whole reason like, that I got in my head was uh, me and Jade were arguing over if a vine was funny. And I would never, I would never put my hands <laughs> on Jade or not. But as we're like arguing, I just pictured the scene in the 10 where he just karate chops his wife and then stands there for like three, <laughs> 10 seconds like, sorry, honey, I didn't see you there. And then that <laughs> led me into singing that song. And I was like, I want to start the show off with us singing that, but it's a fail. So we're going to cut that. We'll try next week. <laughs> you know, it's you know that Matt's going to keep it in. He's he's not. It's not even intentional. He's just going to be like, "Oh, sorry, I forgot to cut that." And the episode's been out for six hours. So, yeah. Yeah. so here we are. All right, let's try this. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.